Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in on this week's episode. I interviewed David Lugo. Dave uh, is business partner of mine uh, with Movies Plus. He is also the filmmaker of the movie Welcome Home, which we just premiered as our first Movies Plus original on uh, the platform. And that came out last Friday, the 23rd. And uh, so I wanted to get him on to talk about his film, um, but also you'll hear, I think a lot of you will um, drive with his uh, libertarian mindset and also, um, you know, his uh, his Bitcoin background, because, I mean, I knew that I was getting them into Bitcoin as we talked about it, but, um, but then I eventually found out at uh, some point in the last year that he was using Swan and DCAing with Swan. I was like, oh, okay. Um, I'm like, wow, he's really in it. So, um, you'll, you'll hear from him though. You know, he's, he's still considers himself pretty new. Um, I guess class of 2021. Um, but, uh, you know, he's, he's, uh, you know, pretty convinced and, and is enjoying buying all the way down. Um, cause his first, you'll hear, but, uh, his first, his first purchase of Bitcoin was in the 60,000 range. So, um, Anyways, but uh, yeah, I really enjoyed my conversation with him. Um, it was kind of fun because, you know, we usually have conversations. I mean, we talk a couple times a week about business, so it was fun to do a different type of conversation that was, you know, more about, uh, you know, films and his background and stuff like that. So I hope you guys enjoy this. Um, and if you want to check out his movie, go to mymoviesplus.com slash welcome dot oh, wait welcome dash home there we go yeah um but you can just go to mymoviesplus.com or download the app in the app store search for movies plus uh and you can find it there it'll be available for you um and i think it's right now i mean if you're watching if you're listening to this in the first week it'll definitely be there but we'll as we're uh starting to release originals you'll see the originals tab but yeah welcome home has uh, eric roberts and um, Chloe Hurst and a couple, uh, and then some other um, off-Broadway actors and new faces and stuff like that. So, anyways, you'll hear about it um, uh, in the in the interview here. And also, I want to thank the Bitbox O2 hardware wallet from Shift Crypto. Go to shiftcrypto.ch/slash/bitcoin-made-simple. Use the promo code Bitcoin-made-simple to get five percent off. Oh, oh, for Movies Plus. Uh, yeah, don't let me forget. Uh, you can use the promo code Welcome Home and get five dollars off your annual subscription. Um, and uh, yeah, check out the movie and join us. Join us for the revolution as we change the streaming world. And also, thanks to Upstream Data for uh, sponsoring the show. They have created the Bitbox, the, the Bitbox, the Black Box. They've created the black box. If you are getting into Bitcoin mining, you're definitely going to want to get yourself a black box because upstream data is created. Steve Barber there created something that deadens the noise and um, also encases them in a very safe environment if you have them outdoors. Um, but you can also put it indoors if you want. Um, but anyways, uh, you can check them out at upstreamdata.ca and there you can also see uh, the products they have for sale. You can buy ASIC miners directly from them. So I strongly recommend you reach out to them. Steve's a good guy. Adamo's there and uh, good company, good people to work with. So upstreamdata.ca. If you want to reach out to me, just email the show, bitcoinmadesimplepodcast at gmail.com. And I will talk to you guys later. Thanks. Um. So yeah, I did like the, it's funny. I was going to say the, the cancellation is what, uh, is what puts us together with so many filmmakers and like um, so like people probably don't know that, I mean they're coming cold into this conversation but uh, Dave is the filmmaker of uh, he's the filmmaker writer um, he co-directed with um, with his friend Matt Schwartz uh, the film Welcome Home which is a Movies Plus our first Movies Plus original on uh, Movies Plus and he uh, but Dave's also a partner in Movies Plus. Um, but the way we got connected was because uh, there was a film about Antifa that was getting like censored everywhere. So the censorship suppressed it. That got me to get in touch with Jack Posobiec, who made it. And, um, 
And then he goes, as I'm talking to him, he goes, you need to talk to David Lugo because, you know, he they're looking to do something like you're doing at Movies Plus. And so it's like, I think it's just really funny how the censorship actually pushes things together. Same thing happened with most canceled man in America. Like I never, I didn't even know who Nick Fuentes was. I had no idea. And then they censored him. And all of a sudden I hear about him. So it's just, it's funny how it backfires. It's a Streisand effect. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's silly. And it's really, I, well, I don't, you watched the Infowars interview I did. Um, it's really, it's forcing people to start create like, just joining together and creating these like new like motherships that you know there's info wars for news there's you know whatever else you listen to that's alternative to the mainstream mm-hmm. and now there's becoming alternatives to mainstream streaming and movies you know so th- that's what movies plus is doing and you know we're like the punk rock and eventually punk rock wins because that's what like the youth wants to do they want yep. to be rebellious and all of a sudden we're rebellious for wanting to make just decent movies yeah, we're like we're the counterculture, and um, and uh, and people get you know it's kind of like grunge, you know, like you said, punk rock, grunge like fits in there where it's like the the youth will always gravitate towards like you know f those old people I don't want to do what they're doing, um, yeah. and yeah. we're stuck with a bunch of dinosaurs telling us what to do and and uh, and it's crumbling underneath their feet, which I love watching. Um, <laughs> So, well, before we get into like all the, you know, big picture stuff with Movies Plus, um, so get into your filmmaking background and like, when did you get into it? What, what really inspired you to become a filmmaker and, and everything like that? Um, well, officially, I say I started when I was 13. I just like watching movies. Um, so like growing up, my father, uh, he was, he and my mother were moved down to the shore but he worked up in the city so he stayed during the week with his mother to com- just save money commuting back yeah. to the city to philly yeah. philly to the jersey shore uh no for, uh, to new york he worked oh, at, okay he worked at merrill lynch um he's like a data analyst so he uh he did that during the week and then on fridays we would um pick him up at the bus station and right down the street in tom's river this is at the shore um there used to be a uh, blockbuster video oh, right nice. down the street from uh the movie uh, from the bus station so he would always stop there we would go grab movies like two movies like the new movies of the week or whatever and that would kind of be like what the family time would be you know we'd, we'd do our stuff during the day but at nighttime we'd watch a movie together mm-hmm. um, and that's just kind of made me fall in love with movies and like you know i would always ask for my stocking stuffers like movies tv like whatever and, yeah uh, I had this great collection and I would just watch things on repeat and then uh, it got me into it. Um, then I went to, you know, after high school, I went to New York Film Academy for screenwriting. Um, but, you know, along the way, I met a bunch of people who I'm still working with. I did a little bit of music, uh, working, promoting music, just shooting videos for a band that was local. Um, and then yeah, sorry, I got a job after begging a producer, a guy named John Saker. I begged him for like three months to let me work on one of his movies. I was like, hey, kid, I got a movie for you. Uh, it's a hundred bucks a day. You got to drive cross country and you got to put yourself up. Are you willing to do it? <clears throat> so I said, yeah. And I did that with my buddy, Matt, who co-directed the movie with me. Uh, my buddy, Steve-O, who's one of the producers on the movie. Um, our friend, Shane, um, who's a big camera op now. And my uh, now wife, Janine, and we all drove cross country, stayed in a two bedroom apartment and just worked on this movie called Rites of Passage. Um, it was uh, Peter I Liff, the guy who wrote Point Break and Varsity Blues, he was the director. So we were PAs and that's what we, we just got our experience. And um, yeah, came back home and then we started working on the Jersey Shore because uh, it was just in our backyard. Yeah. So we did reality TV for a while and we were going around doing that, working in the art department, camera department. My buddy, Matt, he was one of their bigger camera ops now, shoots like all their big shoot shows, shoots The Bachelor and stuff. Um, So that kind of got us into film. I went a different route. I met Wes, who's our other partner in uh, Movies Plus, Um, and he and I formed Elride, uh, which is our production company, Elride Productions. We have about 30 films under our belt now. We have a couple on Hulu, yeah, few on Hulu right now, one on Netflix. You know, we work with a lot of big names. 
And um, we got into the indie world by doing documentaries. And that's when I did, uh, we helped a director named Friedrich Moser from Austria do a film called A Good American, Saw Movies Plus. Um, Oliver Stone joined in that as an EP. Um, I helped, you know, Cernovich with Hoaxed, um, just helped to produce and get it out. Um, then I did Sensational, film that I directed also is now on Movies Plus. Um, the Antifa doc then came to me kind of, it was just a snowball effect after that, you know, doing the docs because I met guys like Cernovich and Jack and, you know, I like them a lot. They're two great guys um, and they really helped like, kind of put me on to the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, then after that, uh, you know, Welcome Home was always in the background because that this film has taken about seven years and like going into that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, indie filmmaking and distribution is just, it's a killer, man. And um, it's a disaster right now for filmmakers. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and so with Welcome Home, it was shot in 2015, um, at the end of 2015, going to 16. And we, we shot it for $600,000, um, got it done, went to Technicolor, did all the post work. And we won a, like a few indie festivals, a um, couple awards. And then we got a deal through Indican Pictures. They do, um, they do like, you know, a bunch of big indie stuff. And after a, a few years of disagreements, we had to buy back the rights. And then COVID hit. After that, we got signed by another company that was affected by COVID. And then we went out of date, you know, so this film like had no home again. And then that's when I met you um, and we talked about it. And, you know, we kind of shared the same goal of what Movies Plus should be. And I think, you know, that's pretty awesome that now Welcome Home is one of the first originals. Where is the first original, actually? So mm-hmm. I'm stoked. Well, it's funny because, you know, so the film didn't have a home. And now it's like, welcome home, like welcome home, the title, you know, welcome home to, to movies plus where it was meant to be. And it's funny how all these things like align, because I think it was 2015 is whenever I like officially like broke off from like the production end and started doing distribution. I think 2015 was the first time I went to like film markets around the world. Um, so it's really funny when you think about it. Um because you were doing the independent, you were making Welcome Home while I was branching out into distribution um, and how those things like come together, uh, you know, especially because like when we initially talked, we're like, there's no home for independent filmmakers anymore. And like my wife used to always tell me like, you have to tamp it down. Like, cause she would, she was basically like my, the only other person at the company. My brother-in-law worked with us for a little bit, but like, especially right off the bat, it was me and her in meetings, you know, and pretending we were all like important and knew what we were talking about. But I'm sitting there in these meetings talking about basically where we're at now with movies plus and like how something like this needs to exist and sales agents and everything is like a thing of the past. And all these companies are going to just basically like they, they've been screwing over filmmakers and they're going to do it forever until they go, you know, into, you know, obsolete, they become obsolete. Um, and, and it's, it's kind of funny fun. that like, I've, I don't want to say I'm like, Oh, I'm this genius, but like I predicted like everything that was going to happen. And my wife knows how much I like to say, I told you so. So <laughs> yeah. So she just sits there and like, doesn't, she doesn't even want to hear me talk about it anymore. Cause she's like, I know you were right. You were right. Um, I mean, I told her one, this side note, but like, this was like 2012. We were talking, we were at a pirate game of all places. And, um, and we were just like talking about random stuff. And I told her, I said, you know, what's crazy is our kids, when we have kids someday, they are not going to even know the concept of a channel number a tv channel number and she was like what do you mean and i was and you know in 2012 2011 whenever that was it was like such a foreign concept and i was like i guarantee you our kids won't know oh hey this game is on channel 32 like they won't know it and um, yeah yeah exactly so so I, I will flout myself there a little bit, say like, oh, you know, I'm a genius in that sense. Um, but, uh, you know, there's plenty of other places that I'm a moron. Um, and Dave, now that you're my partner, too, you know, the places where I am a moron. Um, <laughs> those things all come we all have our places. We all have our weaknesses. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so, you know, going through that um, that background of like 
losing the film like where do you think a lot of independent filmmakers are stuck right now because i think a lot of the people in the bitcoin world don't really aren't really privy to like what's going on in the independent film world but like there's they're, they're all homeless now yeah i mean it's i mentioned it again in the info wars interview it, it's the wholesale of films because it's just getting you know make mass produce mass produce we just have to have something it's called content now it's no longer called cinema so the people who want to keep those roots kind of like, you know, I'm not saying like I'm Scorsese, but I, you know, if I oh, we froze. I think enjoy. What was that? Oh, we froze there for a second. Right when that? you were saying you're not Scorsese. Oh, oh I was going to say, I, I, I would join, I would join uh, that line of saying, I, I don't want to be a content creator. I want to be a cinema maker. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of people who like that and, we've both talked about incorporating that like kind of indie passion for film. You know, we, we like documentaries, the political documentaries are cool on every platform, you know, yeah. it's cool. I watch them everywhere. Um, but, you know, we kind of have like the, the, again, the punk rock guys, and that's kind of what we're doing with the filmmakers. I mean, we don't want it. There are a lot of films now that you, you have this. The Bitbox O2 hardware wallet. The Bitbox O2 hardware wallet. The Bitbox O2 hardware wallet. Uh, uh, trying something different. Trying to get you guys uh, to get a hardware wallet, not because of any, not because they're a sponsor, not for any other reason other than to just protect your keys, get them off the exchange, and you can do that with the Bitbox O2 hardware wallet from Shift Crypto. Go to shiftcrypto.ch/slash/bitcoin-made-simple. Use the promo code Bitcoin Made Simple to get 5% off your order. And I am telling you, this hardware wallet, I love it. It's easy to use. Uh, and it's like I've said before, it's so easy to use that I send Bitcoin to it all the time because it's kind of addicting. Um, and it basically looks like a thumb drive, but it has a touch screen on the thumb drive and a touch screen that makes it very easy to enter your password. The firmware is safe and protected and they have it all open source so you know that it's good stuff you know there's nothing tricky or nefarious in there so get your keys off the exchange and please put them into a bitbox o2 hardware wallet asap as possible asap as possible get those keys off the exchange and into your bitbox o2 hardware wallet and go to shiftcrypto.ch slash bitcoin made simple and again promo code bitcoin made simple to get five percent off do you want to try without video? Sure. Just to see, I don't know, something's wrong with the internet connection. I, I assume it's the feds. Um, Dude, I mean, this is like impossible. The fact that I can't, I can't get this interview out. Yeah, apparently they, they hate you. Um, you know, they've already come, they've already come after you. Um, yeah. But, uh, but anyways, yeah. So to backtrack, uh, we were talking about the the independent filmmakers and um, punk rock and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, after that, I'm sorry. Yeah. Basically what I'm trying to say is that I think movies plus invites a massive audience that's in like a key demographic, which is like the youth that want to come up and be the next generation. If you want to be the next generation and we do what we've planned on doing movies plus is going to, you know, it could potentially be the next MTV, you know, like where something where people come here to put their shows up and their movie and discuss movies that, you know, are passionate about them, you know? So I feel like it's, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty cool. Um, if we are able to, you know, succeed and thus far, I'm, I think we're doing all right. Yeah. Yeah. We're at least going in the right direction. Um, yeah. And now, uh, so give your political background then to people that don't know, you um because I, one of my favorite things was wes our partner said that uh, he wants to get you a shirt that said i think the shirt i always remembered it was something like i want my gay friends to be able to be married while smoking weed in public and shooting their guns or something like that yeah. it's like that that describes dave um <laughs> so is that accurate and, and give people a little bit of background as to how you got there? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a libertarian. Uh, I'm a Rand Paul guy. I love Rand Paul. Um, I, you know, I'm just fiscally conservative, socially liberal, I guess. Um, I kind of, you know, let people do what they want to do as long as they're not hurting anybody. Um, it, you know, 
I can't tell you what to do. <laughs> um, but, you know, where I want, you know, there to be some limitations and some, you know, order in, is in the financial system. Um, somewhere where, you know, I can understand where I, like, if I'm putting money away or trying to do this or working this hard, I want there, I want there to be some sort of peace of mind where <laughs> I'm not getting robbed and my family's going to be able to eat someday. Um, but yeah, I mean, then my family um, came from Cuba. Uh, so my uncle's name was Ernesto Capote. So he was a lighting director for the Tropicana. And, um, you know, when Castro and his troops came in and they stormed into Havana, like my, my uncle and, and uh, my grandfather, a lot of people were, they were on the boats with the owners of the Tropicana and they, they were able to get away. But my great grandfather, my grandmother's father, uh, Arsenio Capote, uh, he stayed and he was like a head of the, well, not a head, but he was one of the leaders of the anti-Castro underground. And then he got caught and was sentenced to 20 years in prison. Um, so our family has like deep, deep roots in like politically that way. And then my uncle came here and organized like Cubans to vote down in Miami. And we've just always kind of been strong in our beliefs, like, you know, family, uh, you know, God, family, um, just kind of doing the right thing. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm perfect. Uh, you know, I've, I was always a dumb kid, but, you know, like we strive to do that. And that's like my political background, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, if you want to talk about the juicy stuff, then we can talk about the stuff that's, that kind of made me a little more active um, with Sensational. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's, it's hard to not have uh, a, be a libertarian if your family, you know, had, like some of your family were imprisoned by Castro and um, and they had to actually flee. You know what I mean? Like I always say, us like Americans that are, you know, especially the ones that like European descent that whose families like came here to seek a better life, you know, there was hardships in that way too. But like, uh, you know, they didn't have to flee countries because of a lot of us didn't have to have to flee countries because of communism and other stuff like that. You know, there's, it's a, the minority had to do that. Um, but they, I feel like have a much different view on how things happen around us. Um, so yeah, so get into the, the juicier stuff of what got you more politically, uh, I don't know, active, I guess. Well, I mean, uh, when I was after 2016, when Trump was elected, um, I, I just, as everyone was in the world, I was interested in the fake news issue. And I started doing a documentary where I talked to people who were kind of like political high figure guys in the alternative media world. Um, you know, we had Alex Jones, Roger Stone, um, Barrett Brown, I don't know if you know any of them, but Barrett Brown's got a very interesting history. Um, people like that, Lionel, he's a media commentary, legal lawyer. Um, it's he's it just got it was it got way out of hand because i just started digging into like stuff you know going down the rabbit hole and then eventually the fbi showed up at my house and uh they you know nothing you know they were just interested in information i had because the person who accused roger stone of intimidation was named randy credico and he was the person who arranged all the interviews for our film so i had text messages and emails that they were interested in um, but, you know, somehow every media outlet like New York Times, Washington Post, CNN, they all had my phone number <laughs> out of nowhere. They all had my contact info. And magically. Uh, yeah, exactly. Magically. And um, they, you know, it, it, made, it made me seem like I'm an associate of Roger Stone, which I was not. You know, I was a filmmaker. I did an interview with him. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I even had to give that interview to the FBI just to make sure, you know, like just to crush it, be like, look, I am an, I'm a filmmaker. I'm not. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and, and, and the FBI agents who came to my house, they were really nice, really good people, I guess. I don't know them well enough, but they were kind to me. They were just doing their job. Yeah. So I have like no grudges, you know, I'm not like, ah, oh, you know, bring down the man. No, I'm not like that. I uh, respect the authority in our country still, but it just kind of pissed me off because, you know, I, I spent, months after that almost you know even a year trying to 
convince people people I'm not like some crazy, you know, far right racist. They try to call me a racist. They people I had to argue with certain outlets about running stories of me being far right. Um, you know, and, really? Yeah. And I was like, it just got out of hand. Um it, and you know, I, I can go further into detail, but you know, obviously it, you know, these are private conversations, but it got it got way out of hand. And uh Wes you know, I'm sure Wes will tell you, like, we had people who just straight up said they won't work with us anymore. So that got me a little upset um, in terms of I didn't do anything wrong. I, <laughs> I made a film. The film's out now. It has people from the left and people from the right. I talked to people and I just kind of figured out, you know, ways of what's going on. And uh, some of the stuff I cover is actually I feel I was talking about Ukraine in that in that film before yeah. ukraine was a thing um <laughs> yep. so, what was that i was gonna say yep i think I, th I thought about that as soon as the ukraine stuff started happening yeah i mean i you know that's the sort of stuff like and i'm not saying like i'm some messiah i just was covering that story and you know i think it was interesting so um yeah i mean i'm not like i'm not out doing anything crazy i'm just a filmmaker who i feel like my this is my ability to um provide something to, to people. Cause I think it, it's, people need to see like in, in documentaries, they need to have, they need to learn something they didn't know. Um, and in film, they need to feel something that kind of resonates with them. And uh, I hope to do that with Welcome Home. And I, I think I did that with Sensational, you know, people who watch it, you know, it's on Tubi now. Um, a lot of people watch it there, people watching it on our site, um, it, it's on, Alex Jones website's got over 130,000 views on that. Um, so, I mean, that, that's what I do. That's how I'm politically active. You know, I make movies and uh, I guess my, I'm fortunate enough, I guess blessed enough that I'm, I'm good enough where, you know, people like Jack and Mike reach out to me and ask me to help them. So that kind of put me on one side, I guess. Yeah. And then, I mean, once you're in touch with them, I guess it's kind of hard to... <laughs> To not to shake that 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 uh, alt right accusation, but um, you know it's just crazy that that is how the world well, is. What's right crazy? Now. What's crazy about it? Even like you know, Mike is. I think he even says it on his like Twitter. He's not. He's not. He's mainly. He's kind of like. I think he's kind of like me, like socially liberal, maybe the fiscally conservative. Um, and Jack is just a family man. Um, and you know, the funny thing is, like I I talked to um i talked to him the first day of shooting on the antifa doc uh he came over and he was just really cool um, he was just down to earth just showed up by himself you know no high profile he was like i'm cool with whatever let's just do it um and i told him like, you know i'm not a trump sycophant i'm yeah. for trump but i you know, that's not and he's like he's like no no dude he's like i'm not asking you to be he's like we're talking about <laughs> we're not even talking about trump and i kind of thought that was like one of the coolest responses because um you get this you get this one idea of him and mike uh from the media and then when you meet them it's totally different you know they're both just family men and they're just good at what they do and they make valid points that's why they're so big yeah yeah it's like i can't even because i mean i don't know i don't know jack as well as you do um and i don't know mike um at all but uh but uh you know, like it, I knowing through you how they are, I, I don't, um, I can't even like look at their posts online because it, even if you know the person, if you like look at the replies, you start to believe something different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's again, that's, I, I, I don't, I would never want to be a content creator because that's where you get into the weeds with that stuff. You know, you start like, no, this guy is, I'm going to expose him and make a, you know, spend an, a two weeks making an exposing video. And it's all stuff that you gathered from the internet, which is kind of half truths anyway, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is like why I love doing movies plus instead. I mean, obviously I have a Bitcoin podcast, but it's pretty harmless. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, yeah. You're, that's a pot. That's a, a benefit. You know, you're teaching people about something that is gonna be a very big part of the future from this point forward, in my opinion. I yeah. Think. And like a lot of people and very smart people are talking about it. 
you know, that's that's of importance. You know, you need to educate. Well, yeah, if you get into the political content, like you're just going to get painted. Um, and so like the thing I love about Movies Plus, you know, is like is how if people try to say one thing about Movies Plus and our ideology, you know, and where it's like where we had the most canceled man in America. So people would be like, oh, you're all all right you know something and it's like well no it's like a it's sandwiched between a documentary about the fight for gay marriage rights and a documentary about like over incarceration of african americans called modern day slavery so no like we're not and you know what i mean like and then like there's a we have like a a roger stone documentary on there about ukraine and so people will be like, oh, you're like crazy right wing. It's like, well, no, not really. Like, we, you know, are offering other sides of the view. It's just, it's, it's really entertaining for me to sit there and watch the reaction to stuff we put out. Cause then, you know, we have your film Welcome Home, and it's about an African American, the Iraqi or Afghanistan war vet that comes home and is being uh, hunted by white supremacists. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's just the juxtaposition is really entertaining because um, you put you put your you put your critics in a position where they they can't say anything because they're like, well, you're like this, and it's like, well, no, I'm not. I have this over here, and like yeah. we're not really like espousing views either. We're just we're just a allowing people to speak, and um, and it's funny how that is controversial. Yeah, we're doing what we're doing what you know media like outlets and channels you know things like hbo we're doing what they've been doing since the beginning of this industry you know like you had you had that one documentary series i forget um what the name of it was but they actually had a guy they were interviewing someone who was a murderer does that mean they endorse murder <laughs> you yeah. know like that doesn't mean that at all i don't i don't put that upon them at all it's just it's it's unbelievably interesting and that's as humans we are drawn to that sort of stuff like interesting stories i think i you know it's a great escape that's what movies do for you we do i go to watch you know uh top gun think i'm gonna hop in an airplane one day and be a jet fighter no i just think it's amazing to get into that world for that you know two hours of time and yeah. that's what we're doing we're providing people and escape at a very reasonable price <laughs> and that's what i think makes us another appealing site for people is that we're not we're not price gouging we know we're going to grow with you and it's and as people learn that and as the filmmakers learn that will be will be that place where people come to kind of you know launch their career almost like when they would go to indywire to get a review no you'll come to movies plus and we'll partner with you and kind of make that movies plus logo valuable like people independent something that independent filmmakers want to you know can put on their film mm -hmm. um before they get to you know before they get to warner and i hope that that'd be great if we you know help feed filmmakers who get seen and then warner brothers gives them a 10 million dollar movie you know yeah. that's that's the roger corman school that we want to build yeah no exactly we want to get we want to elevate filmmakers where you know hopefully we have the the resources and the the money to you know be able to green light their next project if anything actually that is what gives me the most anxiety is growing fast enough so that we can do that you know what i mean mm -hmm. like like uh because like yourself for example i'm like well dave's got we've got we've got our claws in dave so um because he you know is a partner in the platform so <laughs> so uh you know if we're not quite ready to grow that fast, but like, you know, other filmmakers that we work with where it's like they grow and like, what if, you know, movies plus is doing well and, you know, but we can't support, you know, throwing around like, you know, $50 million to cover ten, five different $10 million movies, you know, like we yeah. don't, if we don't have that level of support yet, then we're going to lose filmmakers. So from the movies plus side, it's sad. Um, but for the filmmakers, it's a good thing because that means that there's going to be people competing for them and, and trying to get them on their on their platforms and everything like that. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a we've got a, you know, it's that entrepreneurial spirit mixed with like the creative uh, side of your brain. And that's what we put together here. Like you said, like you 
you started out doing, you know, you ventured out learning the business end of distribution. And I was learning the business end of like the production side, like doing this, like understanding how to run a set and make movies. And, you know, it kind of, it kind of shows in what we're doing. We have a great collection of films now, like seeing where our, you know, collections gone in the last year is, is just awesome. We've well, just yeah. Well, of- what did you just say the, um, before, before uh what movie did you just see get on there oh um, no escape yeah no escape was great I mean, with ray liotta yeah i mean if you're you're looking for i guess for for kids you know if anyone born after 2000 this is a you know classic film um but in 90s film you know where ray liotta is uh, on a prison island where you know in futuristic world they get sent where there's like a peaceful co- colony and then there's the savages and cannibals out in the jungle. And he sees both, like he gets dropped off in the middle of the woods and has to deal with both. Um, but it's a great movie. It's a great action film. Same producers who did Aliens. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good, good flick. And that, again, that, that's something that you might not find highlighted anywhere like on Netflix because they have everything else. But on our site, it's a good film to put up, uh, you know, expand the younger audience's knowledge of film and uh celebrate someone like ray liotta as a good actor because that's one of his better roles in my opinion um but it's you know it just helps that make that's make makes us cool we don't we're not just offering you guys like films that people are making in their backyards these films like take time and a lot of you know a lot of effort went into getting these things here and we want to award them for that effort yeah yeah that's what um you know is is kind of fun uh we don't it's funny we're we're getting content that i worked on as a production assistant <laughs> like, yeah. like over a decade ago i mean one of the craziest things just this was in pre-movies plus in my distribution life um was that i started distributing i got like these amazon deals for these big studio films like in different territories around europe and whatnot and like three of the movies were movies that i was like the like shit production like the production assistant that got shit on by everybody you know it was like like a katherine heigl movie and like uh i forget the other ones and um you know there were big studio productions and i was lowest man on the totem pole and i just was like trying to sit there think like could you imagine like i remember on the katherine heigl movie like one of the worst days because it was so hot it was like a 95 degree day and like it was so hot that the um the uh what are what do they call it the uh that what's the crane um like skyjack thing that you put the the lights on oh yeah yeah Yeah, um it was sinking into the pavement that's how hot the day was yeah. And I remember just being miserable and sit thinking like, why am I even doing this? I'm getting nothing out of this. Like, you know, I was like, I'm getting experience and like $110 like for today. Like this is, this is a disaster. And then, um, and then, it, and then I started earning royalties on it. Like, because I, because I made a deal for it like years later. So I was like, oh man, if I could just go back to myself and be like, don't worry, dude, it's worth it. You're going to yeah. get royalties for this film in the future. I would have I thought that they would have came up to me and been like, hey, can you act in this scene and we'll give you 10% of everything it makes? Like, <laughs> um, you know, but no, it's it's just funny how it works. Um, yeah. And, and it's all come together. But um, uh, so, all right. So we got your filmmaking background. We got your political background. So, what about your Bitcoin background and, and where did you get into Bitcoin first? And, uh, and, and how did that, uh, origin, how did, what was the origin story of you with Bitcoin? Um, I, I don't know. I, I was a late, I didn't start buying, like I didn't buy in officially until when it was like around 60,000. So I was oh, like, nice. Oh yeah. So for <laughs> me, it's time. been a buying. Yeah. It's been a buying frenzy ever since. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I was really, I just, I wanted to take my time and understand it and find a place where I can like purchase the, you know, and felt good. And I use Swan Bitcoin. Um, so I, I feel, I love it. You know, I have one of those monthly, uh, 
auto buys and you know and then in between as the market's moving around i'm buying you know little bits nothing crazy um but yeah i believe in it uh it's something that um yeah i just i think it's cool um and it's something that you know a lot of people are starting to accept and kind of what we're doing with movies plus is you know it's t- it's gonna it took a while for people to catch on but now all like big names are making big moves on it so um i'm you know i'm a fan of bitcoin yeah i think people i mean like if jp morgan is gonna start offering it i think chase bank is gonna like all these companies are gonna start offering it because they want they're missing out on the fees you know they yeah. they want to be able to get the markup um you know, not all of us are as savvy as you to to be doing the DCA with uh, Swan Bitcoin. Um, mm-hmm. How did you get? That's interesting. So, was it? Did you hit it in sixty k in like the spring of twenty twenty one or the fall of twenty twenty one? I think it was the um, it was the spring. Yeah, it was. I, I'm like very relatively new to the game. So then you. So you experience the precipitous drop down mm-hmm. and then it rose back up to 60k it made new all-time highs in november of last year and we were like oh here we go to the moon and yeah. now we're at like eighteen thousand. um yeah. so what was that like being new to the game and and uh you know were you having your moments like oh shit like i made a mistake or was it just like you understood it enough at that point to just keep buying well, yeah, my my long my goal was always to buy, um, but yeah, I definitely didn't tell my wife. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, oh man, um, and then you know, but no, it. But once you understand it, it's not a get rich quick scheme. That's what I like about it. It's not like all the other, you know, I guess what you guys would call shit coins. Yeah, um, you know, it's not a get rich quick scheme. It's a storage of wealth, in my opinion. Um, so I want to put it there, and you know, even like with. With Swan, they offer IRAs, which is pretty cool too, man. Like, so like if I'm going to do an IRA and, you know, I have my other assets that I, that I own, um, you know, like, why not try crypto out as like another account where if it does hit and I've seen it hit and I've seen it, you know, even over the last couple of weeks with where it's, it's kind of dipping and dipping, you know, but it's kind of holding and people, and, and as it's, you know, doing this little pattern now, people are talking about it, like the bigger guys, like you're saying. And it reminds me of almost with, uh, you know, that story of the Rothschilds with um, when they when they were fighting the French and they their rider got back to London um, and told them that, you know, the French, the Napoleon was going to surrender. But they spread the rumor around saying that, uh, you know, the Napoleon had won. So the stock market started crashing and then they started buying it up for pennies on the dollar. That's kind of what I feel like is going on right now. Um, oh, yeah. They know, they know what's going to happen. And if, you know, they just want to test. It's like if you sit down at the table with your poker face, you know, are you willing to, you know, put up what you have? And I think that we're such a smaller, well, in my opinion, I am at least. I'm such a small bet that I'm not really, I'm not losing everything, but I can gain a whole lot more, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think... I think that's like interesting with because what you're seeing with Ukraine, like Russia, China, like I mean, all these like huge global powers, and um, and it's hard to say. Like, I mean, I don't think Bitcoin is like the only thing on their mind, but they're definitely aware that they need to buy up as much as they can, and you know, to do that, like they, you know, need to tap their resources, but also, um, you know, try and manipulate the price, manipulate the price. Um, so yeah, I think that's what we're seeing on like a, a large scale is a, another Rothschild esque move of like, let's buy everything and accumulate as much wealth as possible. Um, and, uh, And so does your wife, uh, is she on the Bitcoin train or do you just say, Hey, I'm doing this thing and don't ask. (laughs) Well, yeah, no, she's, she's on now because as I've been buying, as it's been falling, you know, the, it's kind of leveling out, you know, I didn't like, so I'm, my losses are not as significant, uh, because I'm buying more and more, I'm getting more like 
for what I bought at 60,000, you know, I'm now kind of doubling that purchase or, you know, what tripling that purchase almost by buying low, you know? So it's like the amount of Bitcoin. So it's, uh, I, I she's okay. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I just say that cause it's, it's, I, um, I bought a miner at what might historically be the worst possible time to have bought a miner. Cause the price of Bitcoin was at 40 K. I mean, you know, I like, I used Bitcoin to buy it. So like the value of the, like I actually to buy the miner now would have cost more Bitcoin um but much less dollars uh so in that way i didn't lose out but um but it's really like the the difficulty of mining bitcoin is at an all-time high and the price has slumped to its you know 2017 highs which is like a total anomaly and Mm -hmm. it's like so i'm doing the opposite with mining i'm i'm earning less bitcoin per day um in the price is worthless so it's just uh so yeah you know but you gotta tough it out that's what i've heard yeah, yeah you gotta suck it up i mean i think about it this way like those guys who are going out into the desert to you know dig in for gold or whatever every day their wives were probably like yeah you shouldn't be going out there get rid of that axe and then they one day found gold and they're like aha i told you <laughs> yeah yeah i they're like I, you're a, you're brilliant i knew it i yeah. knew it <laughs> Uh, yeah at least i like to think that will happen one day but you know i'm having fun doing it it's um i'm man you know i'm I'm 35 so i gotta you know you're playing the long game yeah i'm i still have some time Um, yeah yeah like i feel like if i was in my 50s or 60s i definitely have a much shorter time horizon yeah Uh, but um i always get it is it low time high time preference i guess a higher time preference because i'd be like looking for more immediate gratification whereas like for me like i'm yeah i'm, I'm 36 so i'm just like oh like you know this bitcoin that's going into cold storage and uh you know just it's gonna sit there for yeah. you know at least 20 years uh you know hopefully like yeah. the world doesn't go to complete and total shit and we don't you know have some kind of like emp that knocks out all our electronics um in which case i'll be prepared for that as well because uh you know i'm i'm surrounded by people that know how to live off the land uh so they and i'm learning slowly but anyways that's a whole whole hey, other man. rabbit hole you know actually i watched the uh, rich dad poor dad and it's funny because i'm like I think you, I listened to one of his episodes. You were saying he's buying Bitcoin and silver and like precious metals, and I was like, ah, that's pretty interesting. So I started, I started dabbling into the silver world, uh, like physical sil- silver. Or- yeah, yeah, physical silver. Nothing crazy, you know. I don't store it at my house, that sort of stuff, you know. So, but I know I have them, and and uh, yeah, it's it's funny that they, the hobbies that you pick up as an old guy. Oh, I'm not gonna say we're old, but like. Yeah, well, we're older than we were. That's yeah, sure. it used to be it used to be baseball cards and all that stuff. Now it's like, yeah, it's like, where am I putting my assets? You know, it's just yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I'm sure you had the same thing as me. Like in during college, I had my DVD shelf. Yeah, you know, it, I had it in alphabetical order, and mm-hmm. you know, I was very proud of it. Um, and now they're gone. Uh, you know, I kept like. I kept Blu-rays because like there's a certain fidelity and audio quality, especially, but video as well um, that you can't get with streaming uh, that you can get with Blu-ray. So I kept Blu-rays and then like any of the DVDs that I was like, oh, this is worthwhile. I did that like convert to digital. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that whole DVD shelf doesn't exist anymore. You know, it's all in Movies Plus exactly yeah that's where movies plus is now if you want to keep your collection just this is a cooler collection i think probably have more movies on here we're getting it's getting pretty big yeah i mean we're in the thousands um and and like i know uh well i was telling people over the summer i said i knew we were turning a corner when i started watching stuff on movies plus (laughs) like actually you know like because i have the app on my roku like on my phone I have it on my Apple TV. So like any of my devices, I can watch it. And I've had it there from the beginning, but like, you know, for a year and a half of 
movies plus's existence like i wasn't really even like a user which is like a really bad sign <laughs> for your yeah. business if you're not like enjoying it and then i started watching it like catching myself going like oh like what do i want to watch tonight and like oh yeah that documentary is you know the rise of jordan peterson's on movies plus yeah. going over there watching that and then like you know watching something else and watching something else i'm like oh my god like this is a good thing like i'm actually making something i want to watch like this yeah. we're, we're doing this right i think oh absolutely yeah i mean it's we're, like we said we're getting movies we're getting good movies we have good collection and uh i just watched a couple movies myself watched middlemen this this past weekend a uh, good great movie actually um luke wilson giovanni rubizzi um james Caan, like great great cast uh but yeah just um it's 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 just a lot of hard work we put it in the back end and we're we're trying we know what we want and that's good movies and we've uh we're fortunate enough to find them and they're going to keep coming halloween's going to be great our halloween yeah. collection is going to be awesome uh, oh, we have like over i mean i think i think we have 40 queued up to release like drip through the the month of october but we have another like 60 or 70 that are we're like getting delivered and putting up as fast as possible so uh, you know i say confidently we'll have 100 horror films to, oh yeah to watch. yeah and both and both uh you know we're gonna have like so we'll offer the short films for free um you know and these are good short films and this way that's another thing i think that sets us apart no ads and we have both free content and, you know, paid content. So people, as long as if you download the app, you still get, you still get the uh, to to watch movies without having to spend money. So that's um, that's definitely one of the core aspects I think of the site. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Um, so all right, and now for Welcome Home, the film, the Movies Plus original, first Movies Plus original that uh, premiered last Friday. So if you want to check it out, go to mymoviesplus.com. And what promo code should we throw out there? Should we, do we have a welcome home one specific? Yeah, yeah I think there's, there's a promo code welcome home. I have to double check what the percentage is, but I think it's like think five, five bucks off. off. Yeah, something like $5 off. And then, you know, you can, any of the app stores, all that kind of stuff, you can find us. Um, but uh you know you can find movies plus there um and there might be some confusion on the branding because a lot of people say my movies plus and that's just the reason i chose my movies plus.com is because somebody owns movies plus.com and i am currently still trying to get it i don't even think it's a website that's monitored because they haven't replied to anything they haven't done anything with it like it just sits there um it's a good name (laughs) yeah so it you know it's like I don't know what they're waiting they probably don't even know they own it at this point honestly um but uh but yeah so they anyways i uh, it's it's mymoviesplus.com but if you go in the app store search for movies plus um and you can watch welcome home um that stars eric roberts um which by the way i've actually worked on because i worked on the batman like so i've worked on movies that eric roberts was in um and uh well not the batman that's the new one uh mm-hmm. I've the old batmans geez that makes me sound old but you know mm-hmm. it was the old man. um yeah. so uh but i didn't realize this eric roberts is julia roberts brother uh, yeah. i didn't know that um and until yeah. we were just digging into this film um but uh but yeah tell everybody about the the film and you know the inspiration for it uh you know because it's a unique story and delving into the PTSD and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, so it was just, I, I, like everyone, we had friends who went away overseas and, um, you know, they just came back and it was, you could see how rough it was, you know, they thought that they were out there fighting to, you know, make sure that they keep a beautiful piece home over here. And then they get back and it's just like, Whoa, what is happening? You know, like opioid addiction, drugs running rampant, you know, there's, talks of racism coming back alive it's just not the world that they thought you know hence the name like welcome home kind of like the irony of the name um but it it, it follows cooper higgins who's um he's a former marine who came home struggling with ptsd and he's he's trying to 
find peace and in his mind peace is like re reuniting with a uh, with an old love interest uh, played by chloe hurst uh, the character's name is christy um and he finds out that her life is kind of taking a turn for the worse and she's now indebted to uh eric roberts who plays gunner hansen who's you know his exterior is he's a white supremacist but really he's just a manipulator um like a lot of elements of his character come like out of american history x where you know like ed norton gets pissed off because he sees the you know the white brotherhood working with all like the different minority races and he's like you know you're a hypocrite and then you know the same thing with, with gunner he called you know he uses racism as like a manipulative trick but in all reality he'll you know he'll do anything just to get his money you know yeah um so we have that and then gore abrams plays the cousin um trevor and uh, gore's and he was actually just in the house in the hell house inc um that movie was trending on twitter uh, i think like a couple weeks ago so he's a great indie actor he's done a bunch of good films um but he plays this twisted like character that i don't want to give too much away but he's christy's cousin and you kind of watch out through the movie how this like triangle plays um plays out and um you know ultimately through the therapy sessions in the movie uh with the therapist played by michael potts who's from the wire and a lot of great big movies um you find out that there's more and it, it there's a there's a deeper reason behind this feud so it just kind of it's a small fire that keeps getting gas thrown onto it and um ultimately you know things turn out for the worst um but it's it's a nice little thriller action film and uh the cast you know the cast is great and we put a lot of work into it and it looks great i'm really proud of it and uh as you know like film threat gave it a great review so we have a couple other reviews coming out um i'm real proud of the film so if you're looking for something slow burn that makes you think uh i think this is a good one for you what was it like uh, working with Eric Roberts? Because um, I know he's like he's a he is a uh, a filmmaker. Like he is a a, a working actor. He works okay. a lot. Okay, so actually, it was, it was pretty funny. Um, he was in our first option. Uh, we had another good, like younger uh, actor who was going to play Gunner, and then at the last minute, he backed out because he got offered a bigger movie. Um, so we can you say on, who that was or no i can't um but you know it, it, he's not like that big of a name but he's been in like a few films you'd probably recognize his face um but so he was on the he was on the list backs out eric then jumps in and it's like the third day of shooting so our producers were casting as we're shooting uh, a scene and you know like i'm like hey i like gunner started shooting like two days later so <laughs> what we did was <laughs> we did a, a deal a quick deal with him uh signed on he's like don't worry about it i love the script i was like you read the script already he's like yes we've read the script so he, uh, he is a worker man uh he came in he knew his lines he was a little overwhelming at first because he works a certain way um but it turned out great. I love him in the film. And a lot of people like think he had a great role um, and he really brought Gunner to life. So uh, it was fun, but difficult at times, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, every actor is like different, you know, and like has to like, I think there's, you know, the, I've always witnessed like the really young actors and like, especially if you're doing like an indie film where like, where like they're like they'll be doing anything to get their um to get their you know uh to get their career forward like they'll just listen but like when somebody has like honed their craft like it's very different um and and they know the way that works for them um you know i mean like oh here i'll be you know cory big name dropper but uh <laughs> the like on uh i know with like denzel washington uh he he likes like he likes to um have like an intimate conversation with the director before like going out to do a scene like and not like you know mm -hmm. nothing crazy but like yeah. 
the director goes out to his trailer and like they sit there and they they you know walk through it and like I, I wasn't privy to what the conversation was like on the inside but like that's his process um yeah. and everybody has their process so it you know people would probably think like oh you're complaining about a actor it's like no like and i mean i'm curious too like because if anyone's ever seen like even if you watch behind the scenes on movies like directors are having conversations with the actors before the scene happens so, like what are you telling the actors um it depends you know, really on what the scene is uh first you know the blocking is understanding the space of where the shot's going to be that's really important so we go around the space we walk around it we feel it like they read the lines to me and sometimes you know there is one scene in the movie that we spent i felt terrible we spent like two hours lighting this one scene because it was going to be like a steady cam move um so all the lighting and throughout the house it'd be perfect and then i was in the room talking to cooper and um christy and they were the two actress actors and they're like you know we really feel like this should go like this and it could be quick handheld and i was like oh okay yeah i really like that and then we would go from there we we and then i come back and i tell the cinematographer i'm like hey man this is how it's gonna go <laughs> and it changed so i got you know blocking is really good because then that you know just saves time in your setup yep um and then you know motivations like how intense do i want it to be because sometimes like you said some people will go a little over the top and the moment doesn't call for it but if you're you know in their mind they're doing a great job but as a director if you're not telling them like this moment calls for this sort of intensity um and this sort of approach you know that that's something you need to really talk about beforehand because you can waste a lot of time and as a filmmaker which during this film, I don't know. I, I didn't know. Uh, Welcome home. I didn't know as much. But now, you know, being in the business for so long and understanding like the background end of it, every hour is money, like sometimes thousands and thousands of dollars per hour. And yep. if you're an indie film, you have to manage that the right way. So preparing, talking, understanding the blocking, understanding, you know, what you want them to give you and then kind of guide them and then give them a lot of creative freedom to, to expand, but just let them know how the story is going to be. Because in your head, you know what it's going to look like as a director. You know, you kind of envision the finished product before you even start shooting because that kind of helps you. But along the way, there's always room for creative changements, changes, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just, it's it's such an interesting medium in in art uh the art form you know because like i guess if you're making a painting the painting can take you in a certain direction but like you know you're taking something you know movies are in 2d but you're like working in like a 4d environment you know i mean yeah and like there's just some elements that you have to so there's there are scenes in in welcome home or you've seen the movies so yeah um the opening scene where he walks in and when he comes home and he's walking around the, the living room, mm -hmm. um, it's, it looks like it's bright and sunny out, but actually on that day, it was downpouring. Yeah. You know, so we had to bring the sun up and go, cause the call, the script called for it. You know, you have to, no matter what, you have to make sure that there is continuity throughout the film. Um, and that calls for certain things and certain tools, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it, you know, it, you never know what every day is going to present. You never know what, and like, some, like you said, the actors might say, hey, like, we want to do it this way. And they're like, oh, I didn't think about it that way. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's interesting. And then if you're on a big movie, like if you're on like a, a Disney production where you have an endless budget, you're like, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, we, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh that's the dream one day to get that sort of budget. But it's, I think it, you get more creative when your budget's smaller. Yeah. Um, you, you think of ways to make these things work and, you know, you, you, you've been on sets, you have a ton of people surrounding one tiny room with all this equipment being hidden, 
wires running everywhere, lights overhead, cameras falling. And then you need a scene that requires like total peace. It, it takes a lot of planning, um, but you find a way to do it. You know, you find a way to, to make it happen on your budget. And that's a kind of an achievement in itself, you know, just seeing like what you had to work with. I mean, we shot this whole movie in 18 days uh, with under six, with under $600,000. Um, wow. So it, it was just kind of like a race. And sometimes you don't sleep. Like I would be, because <laughs> I, I, you know, I was, uh, I was the director, but also producer because, you know, I'm one of the owners of Elride and I had to handle a lot of like budgetary stuff. So on day on my days off as a director, I would be, you know, my my other producer would wake me up and say, hey, you know, you got to come over here. We got to look at all the money. And I turn off my creative cap and go into counting money and receipts and making sure we have payroll and making sure we have uh, enough money to do what we need to do the next week. It's it's overwhelming. But again, it's rewarding, something I've always wanted to do. Um, and it's just it's just helps you understand what you want to do for the next film. I think the next film that we plan on doing, I'm really excited about. Um, and I think it's going to be really great. I'm going to do it for something not too much bigger than the budget I'm, I'm, I had, but I'm going to understand how I can work around and get more creative, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's the, that's the key. We're creative people, but <laughs> the lower the budget, the more creative we have to be. Um, yeah. And uh, well, um, yeah. So Tell people, I guess, where they can, uh, you know, where can they find, follow you? Because you don't have a social media account. Um, no, I was sticking away from that stuff. With but the, they can uh, follow your progression uh, in certain places. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we're on Twitter at Elride Prods. Um, you probably see us a lot on the Movies Plus page. We're always, you know, sharing your stuff. Um, and then Elride, um, E L dash ride.com is our company website you can go see all the other movies that we've done and you know find places to watch them um and that's that's pretty much it you know i just use the twitter handle instagram at l ride prods um you know not too much do a lot of work on that we're really kind of pushing movies plus right now but if you want to follow our other movies and stuff those are the best handles awesome well, Dave, thanks so much for coming on. I'm sure you'll be on again and uh, look forward to doing it again. Thanks, Corey. I appreciate having me, man. Thanks again to Dave for joining the show. And thank you guys, as always, for listening. And thank the sponsor, Shift Crypto, the Bitbox O2 hardware wallet. Go to shiftcrypto.ch slash Bitcoin Made Simple. Use the promo code Bitcoin Made Simple to get 5% off. And also go to mymoviesplus.com. And you can use the promo code welcome home to get five bucks off and say five bucks on your subscription. Watch the new original welcome home that we were talking about in this episode. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks.